Hello, you're listening to the Hamilton Brothers e-commerce podcast. If some of our discussions and tips are working for you, why don't you grab a 15-minute call with us at ecommercecall.com. We'll see whether we can help scale your e-commerce business. We will quickly see if we're a fit or whether we can recommend someone else to get you where you need to go. The worst case is you'll have a fun 15-minute chat and regardless, you'll come away understanding a lot more about your business. Book a call at ecommercecall.com. Hello and welcome to the Hamzy Brothers e-commerce podcast. This week, we're going to dive into a concept we call category champions, which we've used to scale e-commerce businesses to really high figures. So let's get started. Hello, Ian. How are you? Well, I'm okay. Good. Why, are you, why have you started in such a somber way? Well, it's because I was... I think we should start again. Normally, no, because normally, hey. normally they, recently you've been starting and I've been, you know, so therefore <laughs> you like, didn't know we were no, starting there, no. did you? Let's yeah. we start again. No, let's just carry oh. on. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Professionals. Yeah. Uh, we're just talking about how you, <laughs> someone's booked you to talk. <laughs> someone's booked you to talk. Some crazy person. And you just thought it was a normal keynote speech, yeah. and you realised that the other people are like really famous, like Andy Murray and yeah. all sorts of people. Stephen Steve Bark. Yeah. yeah, yeah, um, yeah. We're in London, which is which is we're gonna have to up our game. Yeah, you're just gonna rock gonna up, to up and kind of go. Oh, I better I better prep for this one. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Is this a mistake that you should open with that? Is it? <laughs> is this the right place? Because I seem to be surrounded by people who uh, are, are billionaires. Yeah. I know. Interesting. Yeah. We'll let you know more about it when it comes, when I know it's... Uh, it's because you talk to the people, me. Ian, that's it. You talk to the people. Yeah, we're in yeah. touch. Yeah. We're real e-commerce. Anyway, what do you want to prattle on about today? Right, okay. So we were talking about the concept, and it's interesting because we like to talk about things that are we're using in our everyday world that come up and there's so often things that come up. One of the things that's been coming up, we talked about it in the past, but it's a concept called category champions. And it, the reason why we call it category champions is because I remember back in the days, years and years and years ago, we were chatting to a retail, a uh, big retail giant supermarket chain. And they said, well, we have category champions and we have somebody who looks after biscuits and we have somebody who looks after um, wine and we have somebody who looks after vegetables. And they, you know, they have, you know, their own categories and they're responsible for forecasting, buying, sell through merchandising, margins, um, et cetera, et cetera. And they're almost like being run um, as separate little mini businesses, you know, under the umbrella of the supermarket chain. And, and it was always stuck with me. Because, the, you know, the, anyway, category champions. So um, it's always struck me that people don't naturally do this in e-commerce. So they might have very different categories um, and they treat them all the same. Um, and you can get away with this for so long. You know, if you're doing a million and a couple of million online, to be honest, you probably shouldn't be worrying about category champions at all. But if you're doing bigger revenues, and the two scenarios, and it's actually come up 
twice this week. So one of the one of the econ businesses we're working with at the moment is doing about twenty five million. Once you get to fifty, and we were talking to them about category champions. But on the other side, there was a business that was doing three million, and and once it gets to five million, and we were talking to them about category champions. So it's something that comes up, and the the, the idea really is that 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 if you in in some cases if you want to grow, um, you have to grow by stealing market share. In most cases, you've got to stop people buying um, from other people. And if you look at your, you know, your revenue by category or revenue by collection um, in Shopify, you know, definitely in this particular business that was doing 25 million, they had like, you know, some categories were doing 7 million, some was doing 3, some was doing 10, and then they had, had a couple that were like 1 million. So, and that, now these, these particular categories were massive in terms of the market size, huge, 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 huge. But they were treating them in exactly the same way as selling everything else. And this was a um, a higher average order value product um, that was very different to the other products. And it's like you have to think about that in a different way. Like you can't just treat them, plunk them on your website and expect people to buy them in the same way that they do your other categories. And if and, and, the, and the most the case in point was, I'll let you come in, Mark. This is just my preamble because i know you you were thinking about this too but case the point was that um this particular category that was doing a million uh, and let's say it was mattresses let's just give an example let's say it was a mattress category doing a million like you're up against other huge players online who were doing 50 60 100 million online selling mattresses and they're doing a million and they're a big business so they've got the margin they've got buying buying power like, let's say they're going up against Emma mattresses or Simba mattresses, who are specialist mattress companies, who really have got the whole business is about selling mattresses. And they've, they've honed their whole anxiety analysis, their, their offer architecture, their trust credibility. It's all about mattresses, you know, 365 days, sleep promise, all their reviews about mattresses. Like, you know, in order to compete with them, you know, you've got to treat it very differently. You've got to go into that that world so that that was the that was the preamble mm. you know yeah you know do you want to add anything yeah well, i thought we'd just give some specific examples so people can understand what we're talking about so let's say on the bedding site that we we're running to train people on like obviously we're selling sheets and duvet covers at the moment but let's say we started to add actually a bed or or, or a mattress now in google ads or google shopping pmax campaigns the um, the way that it's converting will be different for the mattresses compared to the sheets. The sheets are much more of an impulse buy, tends to be decided that day, and the jobs tends to be done. And then a mattress is much more of a considered purchase. You're usually spending over a thousand pounds or whatever you spend on a mattress, um, and and it takes a long time to to decide. So if you ran those products in the same campaign, Pmax campaign and looked at the immediate ROAS on those, you'd have one set of products that would give you a pretty accurate return on investment, like the bedding and sheets, because it's pretty instant. And you'd have one set of products where you really didn't know what the return on investment was because of the extended buying time. And if you ran it all up the same, under the same roof, you'd end up optimizing to sell a lot more sheets and duvet covers and not really optimizing to sell the mattresses because you'd cut those ads, you'd cut those products before they really shown what they're actually doing. Mm. 
And so because there's a big delay. Yeah, there's a big delay. And also it what will tend to happen is as you get bigger and say you're doing 10 million or so, you'll start to get this kind of, and I hate saying this because death by a thousand cuts is a horrible. I actually looked at what death by a thousand cuts was and it was one day it was like, that's not good. <laughs> Torture. Mm. It was, um, but it's kind of like that. So you kind of have, you know, you might be doing categories. You might be selling sofas. You might be selling uh, stools. You might be selling mattresses. And in each of those cases, you're coming up against a speciality retailer who just focuses on a mattress or just focuses on sofas. And so, therefore, they can understand their overall return on ad spend, particularly just for sofas. And they'll go, "Oh, it actually takes yeah. actually takes thirty days for this this money to come back to us. So, therefore, we need to have a longer window." Whereas if you're kind of comparing it all at once and you're kind of going sheets and stuff and doing it all blended and you haven't split them out, it's, impossible. it's very difficult. It's impossible to see, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And, and also, it's not necessarily something a big retailer would do in terms of category champions. You would actually split it down. Like we did it for um, a supplement company who was, who was kind of growing fast. And we, each category we analyzed the anxiety around buying that particular supplement. So, you know, vitamin C, vitamin D, uh, all, all the different ones, because, you know, of course, there's some similar anxieties around buying um, the supplements, you know, whether I, they could, people could swallow it, whether the taste was like, and what, what, whether it has mm. a resealable package or, or whatever. But then there was um, specific anxieties around certain things, like particularly certain, like fish oils, for example, people were worried about the taste or the smell or the 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 kind of rotting, you know, the, the rotten smell that sometimes you get with those and things like that. So it was kind of like understanding the category from an anxiety point of view and also from a a, a desire point of view. So you you know, understanding what 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 emotions people have and what words they use to express those emotions when they're happy with the purchase mm. uh, across the category. Because when you're first starting out, it's most likely that your category structure is going to be smaller and, and a lot of time you do get growth you get growth to a certain point by pushing as hard as you can with the categories you've got but then at a certain yeah. point to get over those kind of hurdles you you tend to expand your categories um and you you, you add more product lines a lot of the time so therefore yeah. by the definition you are widening the the you know the, the things you've got to think about so that's why I categorically. Yeah, and I think, I mean, I think generally, yeah, I think generally, you know, you we're talking about recruitment in a recruitment sense because sometimes we'd add on categories to to bolster the lifetime customer value or the average order value, but we wouldn't necessarily recruit them. But but it's 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 really so. I mean, the, the there was there's two examples. I'll come back to the first one in a minute, which was that twenty twenty five million turnover company wants to get to fifty. But then the the other example on a, on a much smaller level was a company doing three three million, and that was a business where um, they their product margin was quite low. It's about thirty five percent, and we said, okay, the problem is with the product margin of thirty five percent is it's it, you you got to have you got to have quite a high ROAS in order to um, to make it work to make the math work, mm. and really where the market is. You know, you've got to be able to operate at a four times ROAS, and right now you're stuck at like a seven times ROAS. Mm. And um, but it was like you know to go from that's very easy to say, isn't it? Well, you got to have we got to have better margin. <laughs> you know, you know, go get better margin. Oh, okay, thanks. Ian. Yeah, and it's like 
So we said, well, so, so, you know, so by the end of the year, really, we want you to have a cl as close to a 50% margin and you're on 35 now, as close to 50% by the end of the year as possible. So, but you can't just go and add in this particular case, they couldn't anyway, they couldn't just put the prices up. They couldn't just do, you know, say, get margin elsewhere. So it came from, well, let's look at some categories we can add. And we found a category that happened to have a better average order value, a better margin. Um, and, you know, we could add that and go deeper into that category and, and start there to so start with one. In fact, it was one, it was one product, um, that was made up of about four different variants. And, you know, that was the one that they were going to start. And it's like, if you just threw it in, threw it into your normal product mix, it, they got lost. They got completely lost. Because And also this category, we could go to a really aggressive ROAS. The margin was really high. It was like, it was about 65%, which for them was massive. And it's like looking at that and, and it's like, there was an easier way for the, to, for them to naturally turn into a higher margin e-com business, mm. you know, slowly by going and looking at what, what categories can we add on that do give us that higher margin. So that was, that was where it worked for a small one. But, but, but just going back to, you know, the other business that was mentioning before the 25, because everybody could apply this. And in fact, this, this is what we've done throughout our whole career, really. We've looked at, well, what product can, what can we get, d delve into that give us the mass? But it's like this business here that you so they're doing twenty five million. They want to get to fifty, and you know that that growth is going to come really from stealing market share. Okay, so if you just look at the target sheet and you go, okay, I've got to get, I've got to get to fifty. You know, I'm doing twenty five. Well, what, it, where the hell's that growth going to come from? And it's most likely going to come from the 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 collections of the categories that they're running that aren't doing that well like there's much bigger room for growth mm. like you breathe on the growth is there so the first thing is you start off with a target sheet and you go okay if i want to do 50 million and i've got this collection here that's only doing a million a year well I, how do i get that to do four million so what you know so what of my 50 million target well, what, which what's going to come from each category? What growth is going to come from each one? Because that's the first obvious thing. Mm. You know, what do we think? And that, that helps you understand that. And then, and then you go and do your margin calculator. So you go into your margin calculator and you work out what margin you've got on that particular category and what lifetime customer value you've got on that category as well. And that then allows you to work out your ROAS, your return on ad spend. And then you go and put that into your drop by drop. And you have a separate drop by drop for each category. So now you kind of set up so you know, you know, you know what maths you've got to hit, you know what margin you can run, you've got, you know what row you need to go and hit, and then you're monitoring it daily and drop by drop. So that's like, you know, the same thing, but split down that we talk about time and time and time again, but it's split down by category. So you've got control. So all of a sudden you can see, you know, where your budget's going. So if anyone hasn't doesn't know what what we talk about when we say target sheet margin count drop by drop, like that's the kind of cornerstone of your our philosophy mm. it really is understanding the math so you have to do that by each category yeah and then once you've done that look look we just because i think that just to kind of make it obvious what i'm talking about so there was the, there was the customer you're talking about like doing doing what 25 million or whatever what the what um, what she wasn't aware of 
um, like most people are, they were aware of how much like sofas they were selling or tables. They don't sell homeware, but they, 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 let's say they were selling sofas and, 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 and tables. And then this year, they were aware that they were selling more tables this year more or less sofas this year. But what she wasn't aware of was how much traffic they got to that category last year and how much traffic they got this year. So it, they could see the symptoms, but they couldn't see the cause of it. So, you know, because everything was kind of blended in and the, you know, the, the Google ads agency was kind of reporting on everything all at once, it was kind of like, you know, like what was the problem? So let's say you're selling less sofas. Are you getting less sofa traffic year on year? Are you getting, uh, or are you getting the same amount of sofa traffic but the conversions down or is the average order value down or what is it? You know, because it could be the mm. fact that you're just selling less sofas this year because you're buying a lot of traffic for the stool category. You might be selling a lot of stools, but maybe not be as lucrative. So it, it's kind of like almost in thinking about your website, almost as if you've got, if you've got these big categories, almost like websites within a website and then having the figures mm. for those to say, well, this is how much it's costing us to buy a customer in the uh, dining room category. And this is how much it's costing for a customer in the living room category. And this is how much it was costing us last year. And this is what the opportunity is. Because once you kind of remove the noise, you can then start to see, well, hang on a minute. Um, mm. We are not selling that many sofas, but actually the ROAS is way higher than it was last year. We're obviously not spending enough money in that category overall. Um, we've been spending too much on this other category that's not giving us the ROAS and and then moving it, moving it from there to there. And then the other thing is, mm. which we talk about a lot, is that you tend to when you're small, you have a lot, you know, everybody struggles with a lifetime customer value. They kind of go, oh, I can't, you know, you go, what's your lifetime customer value? You go, I don't know. Or they'll know about it, but very, very rarely will they know it by category, by main category. And yeah. and then it, the, the person that knows his lifetime value by category, and they know it's considerably different across different categories, it doesn't tend to be that different, to be honest, a lot of the time, but sometimes it is. We'll then be able to recruit much more strongly. So let's, let, probably the most extreme examples are supplement businesses where certain supplements have much longer lifetime values than others in different categories. So like longevity yeah. supplements and things like that might have a kind of big average order value, but people don't take them, whereas other ones they tend to take. And they tend to like be long time, lifetime customer value. So it, it, if you understand that information, you can recruit at different levels, depending on, mm. on, on what you're doing. And really, and that's what, that, yeah, that's what, sorry, just say, that's what the margin calculator does, forces you to look at because yeah. it's basically saying, you know, take the margin you got of the product, but also take the lifetime customer value that that customer is likely to bring. And in the case of the supplements, it will be completely different. And so effectively, you might be saying, well, you can be much more aggressive on this category than this category. So for the, but, so, or in other words, you can t put the same amount of money advertising into this category with a crap lifetime customer value or this category with a great lifetime customer value, same product margin. You know, so you're making the same money in, in initially, but you're recruiting a much more loyal customer. Guess where I'm going to put my money? Mm. On the one that's got four time, four 
purchases a year on average than the one that's got one. And it's kind of like the invisible effect, isn't it? It's like the you do you you don't see it. Yeah. In your day to day ROAS, you know, because you're only looking at recruitment. I think it also but focuses the mind. Like I was doing a big, a, a big di- dive into one of our businesses. I think early this week or maybe even last week and i was looking at all the data and you know i've got thousands of sheets of data doing different stuff like that and and what i really wanted to do was to distill it down into something that was really the root cause of of the of 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 why well the growth hasn't stalled growth well what i mean is it hasn't gone down but it's like not as growing as much as i'd wanted to and so it came down to the fact that that you know moving all the mud from the trees and all that kind of stuff was like our core category was down and that was it and so like i was like well if i get my core category going again and focus my attention on that everything's fine and so a lot of the time it sounds more complicated having category champions but often it can simplify it to focusing you on the place where you actually need to work at the moment Let's say you've got that store doing furniture across thing. You go, well, I'll, you know, the reason we're down this year, now I look at it, is our core category, which has always been dining room tables, is down by 20%. We fix that, that fixes the whole business. You know, like it's that kind of conversation that you want to be able to have with yourself that allows you to kind of just kind of come in and laser focus mm. on one thing rather than thinking, oh, good, yeah, there's so many things I've got to do. I've got to go and get that category going and i've got to do this category and you know it's it's it's, like it's like it's it's like your biggest bang for your book you know because it yeah you can go and look at the whole thing but you know what see it's 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 also do having a a category champion methodology is is great for what we've just said which is about about traffic and understanding what your ROAS needs to be but it's also really good for understanding what the customers want and what they're anxious about you know, so mm-hmm. take, for example, um, the original one I was talking about, which was mattresses. You know, you've got a business maybe that's doing a million quids worth of mattresses a year or a million dollars um, worth of mattresses. And you go, well, the, the, you know, the, the anxiety and the job to be done for a customer buying mattresses is, is so different to somebody buying a cushion, you know, or a table lamp. Um, but if, unless you get into that mindset, it's you're gonna you're gonna treat it the same. So it's like you would do what Mark and I call the anxiety analysis. Basically, anxiety analysis is going looking at competitor reviews mm. and going looking at what they like. When people when when people rave about the review, get really good, you know, five star. You tend to find that, that they're talking about the job to be done. Like, oh my God, it's so comfy, mm. so amazing. Oh, my back, my back is now magically cured. Yeah, it's a wonderful experience. I love this, it. incredible, so soft, so beautiful. You know, that's the job to be done. Yeah. That's what people want. And that allows you to set the copy and the tone and pull out, you know, pull out elevated quotes. And, and then what they moan about tends to be what they're anxious about. So when you get really bad reviews, it tends to be, you know, things like, well, in this case, it might be delivery was horrific mm. you know or uh just quality you know the, the color isn't the same or it's itchy or it's scratchy or um you know, it's just nowhere near as uh as, as soft as i thought it was going to be like you start to figure out what they what what they're worried about and then you can start to de-risk it 
You know, you can start to t- you know, tweak your returns, follows and your rank, your, your your guarantees. And, and so you do that, but also you go out into the market too, and you go, well, who would we be competing against? Who is stealing market share? What are, what is their uh, offer architecture? What are their price points? Mm. You know, what's their return policy? What's their guarantees? Yeah, what trust and credibility have they got? And you go, well, we've got to beat them. Yeah, how are they fixing it? You've got yeah. to beat them. So, yeah, and 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 that that really is the only way. You know, you can you can if you're lucky enough to be listening to this and you've got an econ business with like one product or the same product, which is very very rare. Most people will have a collection of things that they've built on over time. You know, in a, in an area. You know, so if it might be you know, photo gifts and they'll have other little categories within it. And there'll be some that are doing better than others, mm. you know, and it, it, we're all in the same boat. I mean, look at, look at the, you know, the demo store that we've got, you know, we've already started to add multiple categories on mm. and they all have wildly different average order values and they'll have massively different lifting customer values. Um, we assume. Yeah. Different margins. Here's also, you know, here's also something to think about is that the, is once you split the categories out is to understand what categories you have and what you want. And, and you're, you're, I just did some work on somebody you're going to be talking to soon and she sells like kind of sporting equipment. And um, there's another one who sells um, like uh, fashion accessories and like she had some categories and she's got this main business with a very high lifetime customer value because she's got a very good way of following up with people. And then she got this another category that was selling um, something like cat collars or something like that. And it's, it was something that sold, but it, it didn't, those, those, those buyers never crossed over into her main uh, business. And so effectively, yeah, sure, you're making a little bit of profit on those, but it, it was it was no there was no crossover, and it was not helping the main the main categories. So, it, it, you have to be careful sometimes when you add categories that are effectively noise to the business. And I think that, like the the the, the sports um, equipment company we're talking to, she has got lots of products, but some of them are very small, and some of them aren't necessarily leading to the other purchases so like for example um let's let's make something let's say it's a tennis she's making tennis equipment and it's tennis racket and she's got grips and she's got different stuff and maybe she's got something that a little bag that uh, holds tennis balls but people are buying those bags because they're nice bags and they can use them for everything now those bags aren't leading into her lifetime customer value and therefore you know if it's not doing a certain amount of revenue and not driving profit and not driving lifetime customer value. They are probably a distraction against all the other stuff. So what you want mm. your categories to do is to lead to the same, lead to a similar goal. Like when we say having a website of categories and almost like running separate businesses within it, there still needs to be synergy between those categories where one buyer could potentially buy or would most likely buy from another category because you because that's when the business kind of sings together now of course they're not always going to do that like if you've got a supplement business someone buying vitamin c is not always going to buy vitamin d but they they quite likely will because it's the same kind of thing that they would be buying whereas if you're selling a dog collar and a handbag 
very difficult for you to upsell a handbag to someone who buys a dog collar or, or a cat collar mm. because and actually that's not I mean, obviously that's an extreme example but in that case the worst case scenario really in that scenario is that it's you the google ads and all the recruitment budget is going to go straight to the dog collar yeah and what that's going to do is it's going to um it's going to use all the budget up and it's going to recruit a customer for a product that has crap margin well i don't know lower average order value and lower lower lasting customer value so you're basically going to really cannibalize you know the the core new customer recruitment there's also a danger there's also a danger is in that if you are looking at the business as a whole and going we've got a lifetime customer value of 800 pounds or 800 dollars or whatever it is and then you start selling dog collars you're going to be sitting pretty and thinking, oh, I'm going to have a lifetime customer of 800. But because you're selling dog collars, that's going to massively come down. And you're basing your whole business around the fact you've got a lifetime value of 800. And then suddenly you realize, I'm not going to get 800 out of these dog collar buys. It, it, you know, you've got to be very careful if you introduce a category that it doesn't affect your main yeah. like metrics in the right, unless you kind of segment off to the side and say, like, I've taken those out. Because, but the, the trouble is if you have your main category and then maybe 10 of those little categories that just kind of interact on their own, but don't do anything, you're, so, the, the business gets so noisy that you're not building the snow, mm-hmm. you know, you're trying to build a snowball into a snowman, you're trying to roll it and get it bigger and bigger, but you, you know, you've got all, you, you, one of the snowballs is getting bigger, but all the others are just rolling around you've still got to roll them and they're not actually getting any bigger. And it, you see what I mean? It's just, mm. It doesn't work. Well, I remember, I mean, one of the one of the fastest ways to to turn around a, an e-com business that is struggling to recruit customers or, you know, that, that's, that's hit the row after they can't grow anymore, the fastest thing to do is go in and move the budgets around. Mm. You know, so you can, you know, you don't have to put all your products in your Google shopping feed. You don't have to bid on everything. Some of them could be retention products. Some of them could be recruitment that you do. Um, you know, and you can just move budgets around. You know, to products that a you know either have a better lifetime customer value, or or a better margin. I think um, the other thing I was also say about categories too, and it goes back to our demo store, where, um, you know we realised that we had got way too much choice in one category, and we went to the trade show, and our business partner got quite excited. And was starting to go and buy, um, thinking that we you know we needed to add more choice within that collection or that we already had. So we had a collection, and we maybe had like I don't know, forty different pieces in it in that collection, which was already quite a lot. Mm. And the 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 thought was that you know if we add eighty different pieces, I mean I'm massively simplifying it, <laughs> you know, dramatizing. But the thought was if we buy. If we added another forty, we've got eighty pieces in the collection. It's going to double sales, mm. and it wasn't. It would have just. It would have just meant we've got loads of stock on the shelf that we can't sell. Um, we already had enough choice in that, and the and the way to grow was was not to increase the choice in that collection. It was to add another complementary category. Yeah, on top. And just calling um, out anybody, did that for two- calling out anybody on this podcast who likes terracotta sheets, you're welcome to come yes. and buy them from us. 
Yeah. <laughs> when he got those, I was like, why? Why would it? Why? Why have you bought those in that Well, we do, we do realize, yeah, it hasn't, yeah. Mirac- oddly, people all want white or grey sheets. Yeah. Mainly white. They want a selection they don't within want the main terracotta like, or turquoise. I- I've been using this analogy recently yeah. a lot. It's like, I- like, think about a river and the way it flows. In the middle, it flows fast. On the edges, it just it gets quite stagnant and quite slow. And, you know, with bedding, you want to have a wide selection of white sheets and a wide selection of grey sleeves, yeah. but you don't want to have many of the of the corner of the corner things because they don't they don't move yeah that's that's kind of where you want to be so exactly so it yeah so it so in this you know scenario here you know it isn't the answer was not to grow the complexity was add on so like duvet covers and pillows was a natural one Mm. and things like you know things like that because because it's going to a it's going to add we can bundle those together we can we can get our average order value up we can recruit harder uh, and we can also get the lifetime customer value up because we've now got something else to sell for people that bought the bedding sheets. So it's just thinking about it like that mm. as well. You know, but now going into duvets and pillows, now you know, we'll be competing against other people. So who's big and who's dominant, who's playing who's playing hard in that space? That gives us our price points, our offer architecture, our ads copy, mm. you know, our return policy. Yeah. And if you go into yeah. duvets, you, you go, well, do we want to sell these on on the front end or are, are these products we're just going to sell to existing customers because you know can we make do we do we need to make them work you know is it is this a back-end mm. product yeah or is this a front-end product yeah it could it, it could it could purely be a retention mm. piece mm. you know to, to do it and we're not going to recruit at all you know but i think from our perspective most of the time and it's certainly in our own econ brands we are not and they've never really been revolutionary in in our approach to our own e-com businesses we have we have simply gone into the market and gone we can disrupt this market here because we've seen a little gap you know we've never really gone in and gone we are going to you know massively be at the forefront of this new pioneering way of um of retailing we've just gone in and gone there's a little gap there we can see they're doing it this way and we can go in and nudge the offer architecture, nudge the trust and credibility, do better at the average order value, do better at like customer value, and, and, and therefore we win and we grow. Yeah. And I think sometimes I was know, thinking I, about I was thinking about them and the reason some of them we enter is we see so many e-commerce businesses carrying so many costs that we know that they don't need to carry. And so, you know, they've got a yeah, they've got really, a big head office, they've got loads of staff doing stuff, they've got, you know, they're doing loads of social media posting, they're doing live, you know, they there's and it, and like sure, those great things, not not the big office, but you know, like doing lives and stuff like that, that's great for certain markets where you you you've got a community business and a you know a following stuff. But for, for, for businesses where people just want to buy something, like and they just want to be in and out. Well, there's a very dangerous assumption that in order to grow in e-commerce, you need to go and get a massive, big, shiny agency. And you need to go and do really complicated things like all the ad platforms. You need to do TikTok. You need to do Instagram. You need to have a really big social media um, agency. You need to be spending shitloads of money. And obviously, <laughs> we've, we've to- we've, we treat them very, very lean. You know, we are doing the bare minimum and probably out of necessity too. like the econ brands that we've got. We're spending like a couple of hours on them a month, a month. Yeah. 
and yet we this will sicken people but yet we're growing them to i mean the demo store for bedding is is on i was on track to do two million and we've only launched it eight months ago mm. and we're spending a couple of hours a month purely because we've just we've just got in and just be very lazy because we knew we didn't have much time so we've gone and done the fundamental one so we've kept it lean you know where we've done very very we've done the basics very well the, the fundamentals mm. that's nothing to do with category champions but it is an interesting topic anyway yeah it's just about kind of like working out what you need in the market to sell and you can kind of like you kind of go well you it's like having a car full of people and you kind of go, what all these people do in their car? Maybe we don't need that person. We only need that person. You only need the driver and the, the navigator sometimes. No, but the, the thing is, yeah, do you know, I mean, I, you know, I was just take, bringing it back to category champions. I'll just finish. We'll bring it back mm. to category, category champions. The nice thing is if you're sat, if you're sat on a, you know, this particular business I mentioned before, the one that's doing 3 million, had a, th- had a 35% margin. You know, we literally went, well, we're covering all of our costs. We're covering all the fixed costs. And if we go and get this category here and bring that in and we go and recruit on that, you know, we can actually be really great. We haven't got loads of costs. Let's not saddle that with loads of overheads of the business. Let's just keep that really lean. That's kind of money on top. You know, it was kind of pure profit because mm-hmm. we paid for all the There was another way of looking at it. So, you know, you can be disruptive. But I would say being going back to the, you know, the fundamental reason why I was talking about keeping it lean is you, and being disruptive and going trying to grow by stealing market shares. You can do that, and you can do it with your categories. You but you'd have to go in eyes wide open mm. and go right. Why would people buy from me? Why would they not? Why would they buy a mattress from me when they can buy it from Emma Mattress or Simba Mattress mattresses who've got loads of trust and credibility already? They've got an amazing offer. They've got a 365 day sleep free trial. Why would they buy from me? You, you know, you've got to figure that out. Mm. Yeah. You know, before. Sorry, you're going to say something interrupted you. No, I wasn't. If I was, it's gone. To be honest. Has it? Yeah. 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 And on that, that, well, what can... that intellectual note, we should. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's day off here. It's Anzac day. I'm not supposed to be working in the morning. Making me work. What's Anzac Day? Anzac Day is what you have in the UK. It's the Red Nose, not Red Nose Day. That's completely opposite. The uh, Red Poppy Day. What's it called? Remembrance Day. Rem- oh yes, yes, yeah. yeah. I saw that on the news. Mm. Oh, that's good. Mm. Um, good. Excellent. So yeah. Okay. Category Champions, guys, get it sorted. Category Champions. Okay. Awesome. Bye. Cheerio. Thank you very much. <laughs>